الحمد للہ الحمد للہ in the Qur'an Sharif and through Rasulullah every aspect of life is very clearly charted out for us. We don't have to resort to any guesswork. We don't have to be speculating. Everything is very, very clear-cut for us. Whether it is a moment of ease and prosperity, or whether it is a time of difficulty and adversity, Whatever the situation may be, whether it is a condition of good health, whether it is sickness, whether it is in a state of desperation, whatever situation a person may be in, but we have very clear guidance in the life that Rasulullah lived, how he conducted himself, what he gave to us from Allah. This is what we have to turn to in every moment of life and for every situation that we need to find any solution to. In this ayat of the Quran Sharif that was recited, Allah Ta'ala says, إِنَّ اللَّهَ يُدَافِعُ عَنِ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا That Allah Ta'ala defends the believers. Defends the believers, protects them. Allah Ta'ala grants His assistance to them. So when a person has protection, he has some help, he has assistance, then depending on the power of the one giving that protection, giving that assistance, to that extent he'll feel secure and he will experience that help. Sometimes somebody has promised some help to him, but then that person too becomes helpless. But here we are talking about the promise of Allah Ta'ala. That Allah Ta'ala who is the creator of the universe, Allah Ta'ala who is Qadir and Mutlaq, all power and might lie with Allah alone. And Allah who has com- complete control and power over everything. Allah Ta'ala is making the promise in His Quran Sharif. And Oman Asdaqu min Allahi qila, who can be more truthful than Allah wa Ta'ala? So Allah Ta'ala is the most truthful and the most powerful and the Almighty. And Allah Ta'ala is making a promise in Allah Yudafi'u Anilladina Amanu. Allah Ta'ala defends the believers. Allah Ta'ala protects the believers. But then if you look at our own condition, that despite having Iman, Alhamdulillah, this is Allah Ta'ala's ni'mat and bounty, it is purely His gift and grace, it's no achievement of ours. Despite having Iman, we look at our own condition, and then we look at the condition of the Muslims in general throughout the world, we look at the way the Muslims are being trampled, what kind of atrocities are being perpetrated against the believers, 
what kind of hardships and difficulties they are being put through. And then the question comes that, but Allah Ta'ala's promise is true, so something is wrong somewhere. That can only be wrong on our side. Allah Ta'ala has said His promise is for the believers. Now the question comes that what kind of believers are we? Because Allah Ta'ala's promise is perfect. And Allah Ta'ala's promise is 100% correct. And Allah's promise is for the believers. So are there different kind of believers? That this promise is for certain class of believers? Yes, the promise is for those believers who are true in their iman. The promise is not for any other purpose or on any other basis that that believer who is from a certain background or from a certain financial position or certain social standing or whatever else, it's based on true iman. Therefore in the Quran Sharif Allah Ta'ala says, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu, aminu billahi wa rasuli. O you who believe, the mu'mineen are being addressed. Allah Ta'ala is not addressing anybody else in this ayat. In this ayat Allah is addressing people who already have iman. Who already profess their faith in Allah wa Ta'ala. In following Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa as the final Nabi of Allah Ta'ala. Have accepted what Allah Ta'ala has given. Allah is addressing us. Allah Ta'ala is saying, O you who believe, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu, aminu. Bring iman. Person already has something, how are you going to tell him to have something, the same thing again? It means that you have iman, but bring the iman that is required, the level of iman. When some people came to Madinah Munawwara from the, from the far outs, from the outskirts, the Bedouins, and then they made some claims, the Quran Sharif, ayat of the Quran Sharif was revealed, Qalatil Arabu Amanna, that these Bedouins came and they made some bold claims. They said, Amanna, Allah Ta'ala, put that aside. Qul lam tu'minu, walakin qulu aslamna, walamma yadkhulil imanu fi qulubikum. Allah Ta'ala revealed the ayat of the Quran Sharif, that these Bedouins came and made the claim that we have iman. Allah Ta'ala says, say to them, lam tu'minu. You have not yet, the reality of iman has not permeated your heart yet. You have just brought Islam still. But your yaqeen and conviction in Allah wa ta'ala, your tawakkul and trust in Allah wa ta'ala, and all the various qualities of iman are still on a very low ebb. You've just barely just stepped into the into iman itself, into Islam itself. The reality of iman has not yet dawned into your hearts. So the same aspect is for us. That alhamdulillah, this is the na'mat and bounty of Allah ta'ala alone. Allah has blessed us with iman. But is that iman to that level that we will become the recipients of the promise of Allah Ta'ala? Then if you look at the halat and the conditions that we face, that itself tells us that we haven't yet get, got, got there. We are far from that. And as a result, we are where we are. And we face the difficulties that we see around us in all the various forms. So what is required is to come back to Allah Ta'ala. Now in this there are many, many things from time to time Allah Ta'ala brings about for us to take a lesson from. Many ways. Now just to take this point from one Hadith Sharif, once in the time of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, there was a solar eclipse. Now, many had not experienced that before. As a result, some people got very afraid. And some had some false beliefs regarding this. That the solar eclipse, the lunar eclipse, this happens as a result of some very great 
personality passing away or some great person being born who will grow up to be a very great person someday. And the coincidence was that it was that very day when the son of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Ibrahim radiallahu ta'ala an, he passed away on that very day, he was a little baby. And they said, well there's it. This is again coinciding, so this is what we have this belief. So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he gave a khutbah and advised them, that inna al-qamar, inna shamsa wal-qamara ayatani min ayatillah. La yan khasifani li mawti ahadin wala li hayati. That the sun and moon, these are two signs from the signs of Allah Ta'ala. They don't go into eclipse because of anybody's being born, anybody dying. These are the signs of Allah Ta'ala. Now the signs of Allah Ta'ala, we see the sun rising every day and we don't even take any notice of it. And we see the moon shining in the night. And what sign is this all about? So Allah Ta'ala is, has created these makhluk. These are the creations of Allah Ta'ala. But Allah Ta'ala created these makhluk in such a way that insan should open his eyes and recognize the creator. So Allah Ta'ala created this as a sign. That this sun, they say the sun is so huge that if you have to try and fit the earth into the sun, then you'll need 1.3 million earths to fit into the size of the sun. 1.3 million earths will then take the space of that sun. And then that light of the sun that comes to the earth from that distance, and then the heat and the energy, that, that one flare of the sun, that 100 million megatons of hydrogen bombs can't give that amount of energy. Now this is just some small little facts of it, which the scientists tell us, but Allah Ta'ala is saying that these are my signs. And Rasulullah is saying when you see the sign of Allah Ta'ala, that this huge ball of fire, the sun that Allah Ta'ala created, and now in Allah world, is gone into eclipse, there's no light coming. In the middle of the day, it's gone dark. So one is you just get caught up in the signs of it. That how it went into eclipse, and the rotation of the sun, and the moon, and the orbit, and whatever else and how things are happening around the earth, and the earth is rotating around what, and we just get caught up in all these facts and figures about signs, but we forget the sign of Allah Ta'ala. Nabi Islam is saying, a mu'min who's had that true iman, he doesn't look at things just on the surface and forget about it. Science is only on the surface. There's no harm in knowing so, those few facts and figures about it, but that's only the gateway to getting to the reality of it. That this great creation, so this is the creation only, and it's just one dot in the universe of Allah wa ta'ala. So to recognize the creator, recognize Allah wa ta'ala, who created this sun, created this earth, created this insan. So Nabi Islam says that these are signs of Allah ta'ala. And yukhawifullahu bihima ibadah. Sometimes this becomes a means of Allah bringing some fear in the hearts of his servants. That this whole place has turned dark in the middle of the day. What next? But then what? Now he's seen this. He's seen something that is beyond his comprehension. That how can this happen? Now science will give some explanation to it. But beyond science is the qudrat of Allah Ta'ala. Where science doesn't even start. That is where the recognition of Allah Ta'ala commences. Beyond that. Where science finishes off, and after science has finished, doesn't have anything else to say. This beyond that is the 
part that a start, person starts recognizing the Creator. So in any case, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam now used this opportunity to teach a very great lesson. And that's the lesson that we have to take. And look, we see all these things happening around us. Sometimes it's one issue and sometimes something else. Sometimes it's a pandemic and sometimes it's some other aspect. But when time drags along, things move on. One year has passed, another year has gone almost. Now people start just getting into a mode of life. Well, that's part of life now. And as part of life, what else becomes part of life? When initially something just happens, it might just be a death in the family, for example. It might be some other calamity. It might be some test, some sudden thing that happened which jolted a person. For that moment, a person now, he comes into his senses. He turns to Allah wa ta'ala. He might become more conscious of his salah. He might stop many, many sins that he was involved in. But then as time passes, and a few weeks later, or maybe a few months later, then he's gone back into the same mode that he was previously. That is the greatest tragedy. That is the greatest tragedy when a father has now admonished his son and he took away his privileges and he even punished him in some way because of his wrongdoing. And now the son came to his senses and he now apologized and he sought forgiveness and said, well, this is it now. I'm not going to go back to this. And then the father now returned all those privileges and he now started giving him the comforts and luxuries again and giving him the extra support also. And then after a few weeks and few months, this person is back where he was. He is again in all those vices and sins, again causing disaster for the whole family. So now maybe one more time again the same thing will happen, but eventually, eventually he will get kicked out. But Allah's mercy is beyond every parent. Allah gives ample respite. But that is the tragedy, that after Allah has brought us to our senses, we forget Allah now this is the lesson Nabi Islam is giving in this Hadith Sharif, which we have to apply to every instance, where something has come to shake us, to jolt us out of our slumber. Now when the pandemic initially came around, and every person was in a different mode, but now everything is back, Allah forbid, in whatever previous lifestyle we were living. Rasulullah addressed the Sahaba on this occasion and said to them, that these are signs of Allah Ta'ala. Like all these occurrences, like the sun and moon, every person is helpless in trying to change anything about it. Nobody can go change it off its course. That moment that is going to rise, nobody can make it come one, one second earlier. Or I need to do something today in sunlight, so I'm going to try to delay the setting of the sun. The whole world, nobody can do anything. The sign of Allah wa ta'ala. The pandemic also, everybody is at a loss what to do, where to start off from. We barely just did something we thought we had it under control here and it's flared up something somewhere else and now this is coming back. And in San, this negative news will carry on to keep everybody in the chakar. But we forgot to turn to Allah Ta'ala. So in this Hadith Sharif, Rasulullah Sallallahu addressed the Sahaba and said to them that فَإِذَا رَأَيْتُمْ ذَلِكَ When you see this, see what? Now in that particular instance it was the eclipse. But the sign of Allah Ta'ala when you see some sign of Allah Ta'ala, what are you meant to do? And this message was for the whole Ummad. That is it just to get caught up in the signs? Just to talk about what the statistics are? 
And how many cases here and how many cases there? What's that going to change in terms of our condition? What's going to change the condition is doing what Allah and His Rasul have given us. That will change something. And that is what we have to get to now. To do something. We've spoken enough. But what have we done? What have we done positively to bring some change in our lives? And something that will contribute to the positive situation of the ummah at large. So in this Hadith Sharif, there are several things mentioned. In one riwayat, it is mentioned, Fafza'u ila dhikrillah. Fafza'u, the very word, it indicates when something is done in a haste. Something a person gets a shock and he quickly does, he rushes to do. Fafza'u ila dhikrillah. That rush towards Allah Ta'ala, towards the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. And in another narration, there's more detail in it. Nabi Islam says, when you see this, Four aspects mentioned. We'll briefly try to cover these four aspects. The first thing that Rasulullah says, That turn to Allah Ta'ala in sincere dua and beg of Allah Ta'ala. Now let us analyze our day. The whole day, mashallah, passes with Allah Ta'ala's fazal and karam, with afiyat. We wake up in the morning with the grace of Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala provides for us all our needs of the day and we pass the whole day and then we still are walking and talking despite all the challenges and whatever else. But we've had our food to eat, we've had the shelter over our heads, we've been able to do what we needed to do. Allah Ta'ala provided us with all that energy. We are sitting in the house of Allah Ta'ala because Allah Ta'ala gave us that food to eat. And that energy we had out of that food. If we didn't have food to eat for two, three days, we wouldn't have been able to walk. Allah Ta'ala allowed us to breathe. Allah Ta'ala allowed us all the na'mats and bounties that we used to come here. So it's all Allah Ta'ala's gift and grace. Now this whole day we're enjoying all Allah Ta'ala's bounties. And day in, day out this carries on. But how much of that day is dedicated to talking to Allah Ta'ala in dua? Because Allah Ta'ala is saying, Nabi Islam is saying, that turn to Allah Ta'ala in dua. Now this is supposed to be a part of a mu'min's life, whether he is in some kind of desperation, or whether he is in ease and comfort, he should be talking to Allah Ta'ala in dua all the time. But especially when there's a challenge around, then this should be all the more the situation, that he's now got some dedicated time in dua, for himself, for the whole ummah of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. If he finds that perhaps there's no challenge that he seems to be experiencing, what about his Muslim brothers and sisters throughout the world? People around him, are we so oblivious that we only just have time to talk about news and to perhaps shout some slogans? But day in and day out, we haven't made dua once or for a few minutes. So now some dedicated time in dua, five minutes a day, apart from the time that we just now raise our hands after salah, Allah knows best how the, the quality of that dua, but some dedicated time for dua, begging Allah Ta'ala's help, for ourselves, for our families, for our neighbors, for our friends and relatives, for the entire ummah of Rasulullah wasallam. Now this is doing something constructive. Just talking about news and news and news, what we've done, what we've achieved out of it. People are reading news for hours. They are stuck on this app and that app. And they're getting to know what's happening throughout the world. But they haven't turned to Allah Ta'ala who's the control of all the happenings of the earth and the universe. What we got out of that news, for one hour we read news, what we got? 
But if we turn to Allah Ta'ala five minutes in dua, we would have benefited ourselves. This is the essence of ibadat. And we have benefited the whole ummah of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So let us leave all those futile things aside and get to what is of real value and benefit. And that is what Rasulullah Sallallahu is giving us. That Fad'ullah, turn to Allah Ta'ala in dua. Beg Allah Ta'ala's help. We have done everything else when a person has a need when he has some real situation, suddenly something happened, the first thing his mind goes towards, who can he contact? He's now dialing somewhere immediately. He's got some people on speed dial, but sometimes at speed dial too, the answer comes, it's not available. He tried to meet somebody because of the person now having that authority and that influence. He got there, the person not available. Now this is the reality of dunya. We're all a makhluk. But we haven't turned to Khaliq. We haven't turned to our Creator in Allah wa Taala. We haven't turned to ask that being who's always available for us. So dua, to start making dua for ourselves daily. Deep, sincere dua. Not just some routine dua. Desperately asking Allah wa Taala from the recesses of our heart. And let us make dua part of our daily life and see what difference it makes for us. So this is the first aspect that is mentioned in this hadith, that Fadullah. Then the second thing that Rasulullah says, وَكَبِّرُوا In the other hadith, فَفْزَعُوا إِلَىٰ ذِكْرِ In this particular hadith, فَكَبِّرُوا That extol the greatness of Allah Ta'ala. Allahu Akbar. All these things seem very mighty and seem like it has made everybody helpless and whatever else. But nothing Nothing can make Allah Ta'ala helpless. Allah Ta'ala is the greatest. And all this is the creation of Allah Ta'ala. Turn to Allah Ta'ala. And in that broad message of zikr, the turn to the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. All these aspects mentioned in this Hadith Sharif, the essence of it all is to connect ourselves to Allah Ta'ala. Many a times when things happen, we try to get more connected to the makhluk more connected to the creation. Whereas that is a time to get more connected to Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala is making it obvious, what is makhluk? What can the makhluk do? There's no harm in adopting permissible means. But, not one iota of trust should ever be in the means. The means can be anybody, or anything. But not one iota of trust should be in those means. Because, Everything is purely in the control of Allah Ta'ala. After the first salah, among the masnoon du'as that we recite, and we should be reciting, which Rasulullah Sallallahu recited, and after every salah, so this shows how important this du'a is, and what a deep message and lesson this is. That Allahumma la mani'a lima a'tayt, wa la mu'tiya lima mana'at, wa la yanfa'udhal jaddi minkal jadd. Ya Allah, la mani'a lima a'tayt. Ya Allah, if you have decided to give something, Nobody can restrain it and prevent it. The whole world can get together. But if Allah Ta'ala wishes to give something to somebody, nobody can come in between. Nobody can stop it. But Allah, if you've decided to withhold something, if you've decided to withhold the cure for something, you've decided to withhold anything, then the whole world can get together, they can never give it. They can try anything and everything. All their technology will fail. All their resources will come to nothing. Ya Allah, if you have decided to withhold it, nothing can happen. And وَلَا يَنْفَعُوا ذَا الْجَدِّ مِنْ كَالْجَدِّ 
nobody's effort will be of any avail to him, no matter what effort he can put into it, if Allah Ta'ala doesn't will it to happen. Now this is a message, a very very deep message in this dua, which Rasulullah Sallallahu recited after the salah, and made it masnoon for us to make this dua as well. This is an indication of our tawheed, dua. Dua is the indication of tawheed in a person's life. And tawheed is what everything sits on. His whole deen sits on tawheed. The oneness of Allah wa ta'ala. To what extent is his conviction in Allah wa ta'ala? And how strong is his tawheed? This will be dua is the indicator. How much he turns to Allah ta'ala alone. Whatever permissible means is all in his place. But to turn to Allah ta'ala more than anything else. So this zikr of Allah ta'ala and remembrance of Allah ta'ala. So all the various askar, what do these askar, what is the essence of it? The various askar, whether it's the tasbih, the tahmeed, the tahleel, la ilaha illallah, whether it is alhamdulillah, tasbih fatimi that we recite after the salah, whether it is the various recitations that Rasulullah sallallahu has taught us, la ilaha illallah anta subhanaka inni kuntu min al-zalimeen, and that istighfar, the various virtues of istighfar, that this becomes a means of protection from calamities and hardships, and so many other askar and recitations, the essence of it is, it makes the heart connect to Allah ta'ala. This is the essence of it all. That we connected too much to everything else. We've forgotten to connect ourselves to Allah ta'ala. So if a person is connected to Allah ta'ala, he doesn't become immune to challenges. But if he's connected to Allah ta'ala, he takes anything in his stride with the fuzzle of Allah ta'ala. With the help and grace of Allah ta'ala. That is, inna Allah yudafi'u anil ladina amanu. Allah Taala protects and defends the believers. Allah Taala grants them His divine assistance. Allah grants them the tranquility and sukun in their hearts. So the second thing Rasulullah Sallallahu mentioned, the zikr of Allah Taala. The third thing was sallu, perform salah. Salah meaning the five daily salah. If a person doesn't perform the five daily salah, this is a major sin. The Sahaba could never have imagined this. They were the first addressees. They were being addressed about this first. Meaning, over and above that, engage in more salah. Nawafil, salatul haja, salatul tawbah, begging Allah Ta'ala's forgiveness. When the Romans were defeated repeatedly, and once again they were defeated by the Sahaba Ikram, and they came back to their leader, Hercules, Hirakal. So he was very upset, and he was very, very annoyed with them. And he said, what are you? What's your problem? Aren't these people you are facing in battle humans like you? They said, yeah, they're humans like us. Are you a bigger number or are they a bigger number? Who's more in number? They said, we far outnumber them. They don't stand a chance in front of our numbers. He says, well, then you are, they're humans like you. You are outnumbering them in a very big, to a very big extent. So what is the problem? So why aren't you able to defeat them? So one very wise person among the soldiers who was one of the leaders, old person, elderly person, he stood up. Or among the people of Hercules stood up and he said there's a difference. And the problem is, or the difference is, that regarding these people who we are trying to defeat, they are people who, يَقُومُونَ لِلَّيْلِ يَقُومُونَ اللَّيْلِ وَيُسُومُونَ النَّهَارِ وَيُوفُونَ بِالْعَهَدِ وَيَأْمُرُونَ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ وَيَنْهَوْنَ عَنِ الْمُنْكَرِ That they are people who they stand up in the night in salah. Talking about the extra salah. They stand up in the night talking to Allah Ta'ala. This is where the help was coming from. 
through their salah. They fast in the day, the nafil fast also. They keep their promises. They don't make promises to break. They keep their promises. They enjoin the right. They forbid the evil. And they are just to one another. They don't commit zulm and oppression on one another. They don't trample one another's rights. And then he said, the other side of the picture, what is our condition? He says, Nashrab, or Nazni. He says, we are involved in drinking and intoxicants, involved in zina, all the kinds of zina that is now abounding. Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us. Whether it is zina of the eyes, that zina on the phone, that zina on all the various other things, and the worst form of zina which Allah forbid has become a worse pandemic. This is what's drawing down all the azab. And this is what we have to make tawbah from. All the other things will be of no avail if you don't make tawbah from your sins. We have to turn to Allah wa ta'ala. He said, this is what we are involved in. We are involved in drinking, in intoxicants, we are involved in zina. We enjoin the evil. We invite people towards wrong. We stop them from what is right. Somebody wants to do something that's correct, then all kinds of comments, you becoming too pious. You, are one, you become a very great Sufi of the time. People get stopped from the good that they want to do. And then he gave all the other kinds of evils that they are involved in. So the, when this whole thing was spelt out in front of Hirakal, he said, this is true, this is true, we can't defeat them. As long as they carry on the way they are, and we are the way we are, there's no way we can ever defeat them. Now this is how they got the help of Allah Ta'ala. And this is the same lesson Rasulullah is giving us. It was sallu, engage in more salah. We haven't yet brought ourselves properly on the five first salah. How are we are going to get the help of Allah Ta'ala? How are we going to get it in our own homes? How are we going to get it onto the ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam? What is the extent of the? How full is the masjid after Juma? But the next salah asar will come. The masjid then suddenly more than half the crowd is disappeared. What has happened? Why? What is the extent of our salah to start off with? And then the fourth aspect that Rasulullah sallallahu mentioned: what the sadaqo that gives sadaqa. Sadaqa this protects from all kinds of calamities and hardships. Sincere sadaqa. Sadaqa to sir. Tutfi'u ghadabar rabb. That secret sadaqa between the person and Allah wa ta'ala. Nobody else has any idea what happened and what he did. That sadaqa has a tremendous effect. It protects from calamities. Give sadaqa on our behalf. On the behalf of our family people also. And from time to time give sadaqa on behalf of the suffering ummah. That this is on behalf of the suffering people of Palestine. This is on behalf of the suffering people of this place, of that place. Sadaqah on behalf of others also. Take their name and give sadaqah on their behalf. This becomes a means of protection from the calamities and from the azab of Allah wa ta'ala. So this is what we have to get engaged in. This is the message that Rasulullah has given us. We are seeing all these signs around us, but we are not taking any lesson. That will become the greatest tragedy that we just carry on carelessly and heedlessly. Allah forbid, then the respite runs out. The respite runs out and a person suddenly gets seized in the midst of his vice. That moth suddenly comes when that haram is in his hand. Suddenly life comes to an end and that haram is in his belly. And suddenly he's involved in some serious matter and then that azab comes. Allah protect us and save us. Allah protect the entire ummah. So we have to come back to something that's constructive and leave all the unnecessary futile things aside. What is constructive is what Rasulullah Sallallahu has spelled out to us, that we come back onto dua, onto the remembrance of Allah Tabarak wa ta'ala, onto salah, onto sadaqah, and bring the whole of deen alive. Allah Ta'ala give us a tawfiq.
واخر دعوانا الحمد لله